Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. So I'm not going to torture you, but I could sing the song, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. I am sitting at on the dock of a lake in northern Indiana. Pam's sister and her husband, they have a lake house here that we are blessed to be at for the next couple of days and wanted to intentionally sit by the lake shore and share this next podcast. Now, it's a little breezy, but we've done a few tests, so I think it's okay, and you'll hear a few sounds of the lake and some wind. You may hear some lapping of the waves, which might be good. So join me as we get into this story pretty quickly here. I'm 15 years old at this time. I, I'm almost, I can almost guarantee that for a different, um, couple of different reasons. We'll get to those in just a moment, but I'm 15 years old. I love to fish. Always have, always will. I don't fish enough. I need to fish more. We've got some folks in the church who've been asking me to fish. I need to just simply make a day and go fishing. So remember all the, my goodness, literally probably millions of moments and memories of fishing from early, early on as a kid. Cane pole, I grew up on the cane pole fishing, right? And baiting the hook and swinging out that uh, that line with a little bobber, the uh, white and yellow or white and bright orange bobber. You just hang out there sometimes. This uh, The bobber that would be uh, long and sharper or the round bobber, you know, and you just wait for the different kinds of fish, to, you know, the bluegill that just are hungry and they just take it right down or uh, the crappie that just, they play with it and they lead you. And you, It was always hard for me to catch a crappie. I was never the most patient fisherman. But uh, and then I went. I advanced at some point pretty early to rod and reel. Now for me that was a big deal. It almost was like you know cane pole was purest fishing, right? And cane pole, uh, rod and reel was cheating fishing in a sense. But I've learned now you can do both and and not feel too guilty about either one. But I remember even catching my very first bass on a rod and reel. Oh my goodness! I remember here we're with family again these next few days and we've remembered uh, some times where we spent at little sister resort in sister bay wisconsin uh, taylor our son and his wife colleen are up in that area now this week vacationing and and so just some of the pictures they've sent and uh, i would used to, i would go vacation with pam and her family now pam and her family they went many many times long before i came into the picture they went as kids and they grew up at, in their vacation time at sister bay and I remember when I started going as a member of the family and started fishing off that dock, catching fish and uh, fishing with my nephews and uh, my nieces and just and my own kids, uh, fishing in the rain, fishing in the cool and the wind, fishing when you caught nothing and fishing when fishing was good. So again, fishing and me go way back. I love fishing, always have, always will, just need to do more. So that's an invitation for anyone listening to invite me to go fish it. <laughs> so I just need to take up, and I know there's a couple of people might be listening saying, Pastor Tim, we've invited you, you need to go. 
So here I am sitting on the lake, uh, on the dock. I guarantee you sometime and over the next couple of days, fishing will be involved. I guarantee it. So I think this is appropriate here as we sit on the lakeside thinking about this moment of time. I'm 15 years old. My daddy and I now, I've documented this before in sermons and uh, sharing of personal moments. My daddy and I, you know, I love my daddy and today still absolutely miss my daddy. He died when I was 15 years old. And that's why I know I was 15 when, when this happened. So again, there's a marker for this and we'll get to that in just a moment. But so I remember so many good moments with daddy. Now I remember hard moments and I have been transparent and very open. And I think this is important because I think so many times we feel like that a relationship can't have hard moments for it to be a relationship where you can love and forgive. There can be really hard, really ugly moments. And that's really where we as believers, as Christians, as those who rely on the Holy Spirit, we're supposed to really trust in the power of forgiveness and the power of grace. Again, my daddy, loved my daddy. He did the best he could. Uh, he uh, was unfortunately uh, an alcoholic. He drank way too much. And that drinking most of the time, you know, there's happy drunks and there's mean drunks. And he was kind of a combination of both. There were times that he seemed to be more happy or more he, he would sing or he would kind of joke around more. But there were times he got really angry and really mad and really furious. And, and, and unfortunately, that, uh, that came out in uh, us as kids and, and with, with mom. Uh, we lived in a home uh, with domestic violence. I lived in a home where my dad hit my mom. And I watched that too many times. And we'll talk more about that maybe in another future podcast. But to suffice to say, he didn't reserve that temper and that anger with just mom. He also lashed out at, at uh, especially me and Pam, my twin sister, but and maybe a little bit with Michael. But I think I remember especially he and I had a, a tension-filled relationship in many ways and many times. And again, this proves the point that we can have good relations with um, with our with people, with family members, even when there are hardships, even when there's a really hard moment, even when there's uh, invitation to forgive and offer grace. And so, again, years ago, I, have for, I forgave my daddy years ago. I learned how to turn that pain and hurt over to the Lord years ago. And today, I, I can speak to those bad, hard memories with not hardness of heart and with not bitterness of soul, but just with a real understanding my daddy tried. He did the best he could. I loved my daddy, still today love my daddy, and have great memories. Now, this is one that is bittersweet in a sense because it represented the the beginning of the end for for daddy. And so we loved fishing. He taught me how to fish, taught me how to hunt, taught me how to garden, taught me how to work on a lawnmower. He taught me all those things. Well, this particular time, he it was a Saturday morning, I remember. It was pretty early on a Saturday morning, and I wanted to go fishing. Well, he uh, he said, well, uh, I'll take you to a bridge overpass, like a little country. And here's, you know, we live, grew up in E-Town, Kentucky, Hardin County. And I'm not exactly sure where this was, but there's an overpass. And he said, I'll take you to this place where I'll drop you off. I'll drop you off. You walk the creek and you just keep walking, keep on walking about three, four miles. Now, anybody know creek fishing, what we call adventure fishing. All right. Now this took another turn. This took a whole different definition of adventure. But I just know that this 
Uh, this was a, I couldn't wait. I was excited about this. I'd never fished this creek before. And honestly, it'd been a, I, don't, I think this had been the first time I fished on my own something like this. So but he dropped me off at this overpass. And again, country road overpass, like a little bridge, right? He said, now you go down this area right here. You walk down, go into the bridge, and you keep on walking four or five miles. Again, for those who know about four or five miles creek fishing, that, that's going to take some time. But he said, by noon, I'll pick you up. So at noon, I'll pick you up. I know exactly I know exactly where this leads to and where this runs to. And he was a Kentucky Utilities lineman. So he knew the county. He knew everything about you know, all the back roads and the creeks and, the, and all the hollers and all that. So he said, you just follow this. Do some fishing. Have some fun. I'll pick you up at noon. I'd say maybe it was 7, 8 o'clock. It wasn't late. It wasn't early, early. It wasn't like before, uh, before dawn. But it was around 7, maybe 8 o'clock. Saturday morning, I couldn't wait. So I had my little, my little fly rod, my, my fishing pole, my rod and reel. I've got my, uh, I think I've just got, now I was just a Kentucky boy fisherman, so I didn't have waders. Now I've, I have fished in waders before, but you know, the best fishing is get a little pair of tennis shoes, uh, shorts or jeans and start going, right? So, and I had a little, I think I had a belt a tackle box. You know what I'm talking about where you would keep the lures or the hooks or different things in a kind of a belt pouch or a pouch belt, if you will, kind of like a tackle box fanny pack. <laughs> Is that such a thing? I remember having something like that. So I didn't have to carry my tackle. I just wore it around my waist. I had this one fly rod, one flight, one, one smaller uh, rod and reel. So I'm walking as I'm walking, my daddy drops me off, says, good luck, have fun. And so I'm having all kinds of fun. I'm catching uh, a little smallmouth bass. I'm catching rock bass. I'm, I'm catching, um, of course, tons and tons of bluegill. It's a good day. It's a great morning. And it's kind of this exhilaration where I'm on my own. I'm 15 years old. I'm on my own. I've never fished this creek before. And so, again, trusting Daddy. Daddy said, I know exactly where this creek leads to. And I'll pick you up at noon. So I've got my watch on. And so I'm a, I'm a fishing. I'm a fishing. And keep on going. Keep on going. Now, I get to the uh, an overpass. This is the ironic part. So I get to the bridge. I get to a bridge around noon, right? So I get to the bridge around noon. And I'm thinking, well, he'll be, you know, he'll be here in just a little bit, you know, probably 10 till noon it was, 15 till noon. So I do a little bit more fishing and actually catch one of my biggest fish right there underneath that little bridge. So I'm, it's a country road. It's a country road overpass, a little bit, of, just a bridge, you know, a little country road bridge. Noon. Now, my daddy wasn't late very often. So, you know, my, I was the late one. I was the one that always pushing, pushing, pushing. And I wanted to do, if there's time for three things, I would try to do six things and end up being late. Still have that problem today at times if I'm not careful. So I, uh, I'm sitting there wait, waiting now. Now I've kind of got up from the creek. I've climbed up the, the bank. And now I'm kind of sitting on the guardrail of, of, of the bridge. A couple cars every now and then, you know, come by, country road. 12.15. 12.30. Now I'm officially a little concerned. Now this is long before cell phones, long before any kind of communication that I could have with anybody and calling someone and saying, hey, where's someone, where is someone at? So I just had to wait. One o'clock. One o'clock. It's an hour late. There's no way, there's no way that my 
daddy was intentionally one hour late. He just, he's not, he's never, he was never late, not like this. And so I kept waiting and waiting. And I don't know exactly when it was, but probably between the one and one thirty hour, one, one to one thirty, maybe close to two, somewhere in that time frame, I decided make it, I made the tough decision. I'm going to start walking, I guess, because I don't know what else to do. I can't just sit here and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. I was now hungry. Uh, I was now, now I was pretty concerned. The exhilaration, the excitement, the, the incredible sense of freedom, that sense of being released into the creek where I was on my own, that sense of responsibility, that, that sense of just that, again, just I can't, the, kind of the exhilaration that comes from getting to do something in a new creek, fishing by myself, daddy trusting me and saying, go and I'll pick you up. I gotcha. I gotcha. I know where you're going to come out. I gotcha. So now that's been, that's dissipated. All of that has dissipated. All of that is now gone. And I am now a little bit frantic. I don't know where I am. I don't know the farthest reaches of that county at the time. I knew E-Town and I knew my community, my neighborhood. I didn't know this area. And so I had no clue. So I started walking. And walking, I did. I mean, I, rem I believe it was at least 3 o'clock. So I'd been walking an hour, hour and a half. And I was nowhere to be found that I recognized. I, I had no landmark. I didn't know. I didn't see very many houses. It was all farmland and wooded area. And I was now, uh, I, I don't even remember too many cars passing, if any cars passing. Now, there were a couple cars passed when I was sitting at the guardrail. But I wasn't going to ask because I was thinking, my daddy's showing up anytime soon. I don't need to ask. Well, now I'm like, I don't know what this, where this is. I don't know what this is. I don't know what's happening. And again, I'm just trying to, my, I am doing my desperate best to find the right way. I am trying my desperate best to go where I'm supposed to go, even when I don't even know where I'm going. So I think it was 3 or 3.30. My, in my memory, I, re, I, I do believe it was around 3, 3.30. A, uh, my daddy finally shows up, I think. Uh, I, actually, it may have been a police officer. I think it was a, actually, I think it was a sheriff. I think it was a sheriff's deputy that pulled up and asked me where, what, what, what I was doing. And, and about that time, somehow I was able to radio or contact. And I think daddy finally came over that way because he'd been out since noon, actually since 1130, driving and wait and trying to find me. Here's the kicker here. Here's the clincher. My daddy died in I believe it was March of um, when I was 15 years old. So I was born 1964, so 1979, right? So um, I think I, right before I turned 15. So I think he died in 19. I think he died in 1979, March of 1979, and but he died of a, a carotid artery that was blocked. There was a blockage in his carotid artery. I was fishing the fall before, so it may have been. Maybe March of 1980 he passed, but I, was, I believe I was either 14 or 15, but I was at that age. And that fall was when I was fishing, that late summer, early fall. And even then, when we finally got home and everyone, you know, everyone had calmed down, mom was in a complete panic. Uh, I was a little bit, <laughs> I, was, I was needing to be calmed down myself. Um, Daddy was just, he was baffled. He was, he was baffled. He said, I, 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 I told you to meet me at this the this little bridge 
No, Daddy, you told me to follow the creek and you knew where this bridge was going to be. He had forgotten. And that was the first signs of knowing that we didn't know at the time. We didn't know until he had passed away, really. But that was the first signs of a blockage in this carotid artery that was keeping oxygen from flowing to his brain and his memory was fading. His, his, his memory, he was just not able, he was not sharp enough to exactly know. He had completely misplaced that bridge. He had completely misplaced where I was going to come out. Here's the point of this podcast. Because he had misplaced where I was going to come out, I was misled. I trusted my daddy. I trusted my daddy to know exactly where I was going to come out. I'd never walked that creek before. I'd never fished that creek before. I had never walked that part of the county before. I'd never been a part. I've never been in that county before. Not, not to that degree. So I had to trust my daddy that when he said, you'll come out at this bridge, you'll come out right here. You come out and I'll pick you up at noon. And so when I hit a bridge at quarter till noon, this had to be it, right? And it wasn't because he misplaced it, because he did not remember, because of whatever's happening with the flow of oxygen to his brain, with whatever's happening to his memory, whatever's happening, I was misled. So as we continue this, this uh, series uh, through the book of Romans, this incredible book, the three chapters I've told you before, six, seven, and eight, we look at one verse today. We look at one verse, Romans 8, and it is verse 14. It says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Now there are like two big power punches in that verse. Let me go to the secondary one. It's not That doesn't mean it's less important. It just means it's the one we won't focus on in this podcast right now. But let me go there first and then we'll wrap up with the, the main point about being led. It says again, verse 14, chapter 8, Romans, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Children of God. So just really quickly, I've said this before. This is not politically correct, but it's biblically correct. We are not all children of God. We're not all children of God. The world is not all children of God. The, we're, not everyone who is born into existence is a child of God. It's very clear in John 1 verse 12 that all who believe and accept Jesus are given the right. Listen to that. All who believe and accept Jesus are given the right to become a child of God. There is your qualification to be a child of God, to believe and to accept in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That is the qualifying. That's the qualifier of being a child of God. That is what makes you and me a child of God. And this is not to be mean. This is not to be antagonistic. It's not to be a hater. It's just to be biblically accurate. I know that we like to, in the name of whatever worldly idea of unity there is, we like to declare we're all children of God. But that's a lie. And not only is it a lie, it's also dangerous. Because if we're all children of God and you don't believe in Jesus, then you've just completely obliterated the gospel. You've just, you've just made the gospel a lie. There's just nothing about the gospel that says we're all simply children of God because we exist. And that's the way the world right now, that 
You become a child of God simply by existing. You're born. Now listen, we are all made in the image of God. Listen, we are all absolutely loved of God. Listen, we are all valued by God. But to be a child of God, you must believe in Jesus. You must accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. You must know that you have been bought with a price, his blood. You must be born again into the family. We'll look at that in the next uh, couple of podcasts about being adopted. But right now, we'll move on to this part about being led. So here's another qualifying for the children of God. If you are a child of God, guess who you're led by? The Spirit of God. Come on, guys. If you're a child of God, you're led by the Spirit of God. You're not led by your emotions. You're not led by uh, instinct. You're not led by worldly advice. You're not led by anything else. You are led by the Spirit of God if you are a child of God. That's what this says. It clearly says that in, in Romans 8, 14. All who are led by the Spirit of God. Someone said led. Someone say led. If you're led by the Spirit of God, then that proves that you're a child of God. If you're not led by the Spirit of God, then you can finish that. If you're not led by the Spirit of God, you aren't a child of God. To be led means to allow the Holy Spirit to, to do the leading, to allow the Holy Spirit to, to guide you in wisdom and to guide you in understanding, to guide you in Scripture, to guide you in, in all the decisions of your life, to guide you in, in what He wants you to do in your life, to be in your life, to, to what it means. Every part of your life is to be guided and led by the Holy Spirit. That equals being a child of God. That equals being a child of God. My daddy, he did the best he could to lead me. He did. He said, I'm going to drop you off at this uh, bridge. I'm going to drop you off here at this creek. I know exactly where this leads to at noon. I'm going to pick you up. Well, guess what? He was wrong. Not intentionally. We found out later he was just having issues remembering and he just had, he just forgot. But guys, listen, your father in heaven will never do that. Your Father in Heaven never forgets. Your Father in Heaven does not have issues like that. Your Father in Heaven, perfect, Heavenly Father, sending us the perfect Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Director, the Guide of our lives. He, the Holy Spirit, will guide, can guide. Will you allow Him? Will you present yourself to Him on a daily basis to be led by Him, to be led by the Spirit of God? To be led by the Spirit of God means so many things. But it first means to surrender your life to, to Jesus who then sends his spirit inside of you. So then you are not making decisions by flesh, by emotions, by worldly wisdom. None of that. You're not seeking advice from other sources besides first and foremost, the Holy Spirit. Now, can you seek counsel after that? Absolutely. But that counsel should be by folks, from folk, who are filled with the Spirit, who are themselves, what? Led by the Spirit. This is what it means to be led by the Spirit. I want to challenge us, all of us, both of us, all, you listening, me doing this, all of us listening. I want to challenge us. Are we truly being led by the Spirit of God? Where in our lives do we need to surrender more so that we can be led by the Spirit of God? Because it's clear, Romans eight fourteen, all who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Children of God. There is the proof. That's the proof. 
that's where the rubber hits the road. The, the, that's where the proof is in the pudding. Whatever cliche you want to throw at this. You are children of God. I'm a child of God. When we are led by the Spirit of God. Don't miss that connection and, and don't miss the invitation. So I want to pray for us right now. Lord, as we reflect on what it means to be a child of God, it is clear here that children of God are led by the Spirit of God. Show us areas of our lives right now where we are called to surrender so that we can be led more by your Spirit, not by our flesh, not by our emotions, not by our own thoughts. Show us, I pray, by your Spirit, where we need to be led more by your Spirit, so we can be certain and sure that we are children of God. We love you, we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.